listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma. I'm your host, Trish Close. It's the movie lady on the podcast today, also known as food stylist Christine Tobin. If her name sounds a little familiar, I've interviewed her before, episode 128, if you want to go take a listen. She's been the food stylist for movies like Little Women, American Hustle, Joy, Labor Day, just to name a few, but she recently wrapped up the HBO Max series, Julia. The show is absolutely Fabulous. She talks about her connection to the culinary icon, how she grew up watching Julia Child in her own home, and really how this project has come full circle, not only for her, but for so many others involved. We took a deep dive into her process, what she wanted to accomplish every day going into work, and what she wanted to really put out there channeling Julia in all of her cooking. She talked about the successes and the challenges that she and her team faced. And we talked a lot about timing and how Christine really likes to put things out there in the universe and see what comes back. A coffee mug, specifically, with the quote, life itself is the proper bench. Here's Christine Tobin. Hello, beautiful movie lady. How are you? <laughs> I am excellent. Um, this is my new, it's what I lovingly call the pod hole. Um, but do you see who's behind us? That's Julia. Yeah, perfect. It's so perfect. It's your little nook. It is. And it's her my... cookbooks are behind you too. Yeah, yep. perfect. Let me put on my nerd glasses really quick. Yes, Christine Tobin, thank you so much for um, chatting with me today. Um, I actually have interviewed you before, episode 128. Uh, if, yeah. if anybody wants to go listen to that. But for those of you who don't know you, and if if her name sounds familiar, it's because she's been interviewed a lot lately for her work recently in the HBO Max series, Julia, which is all about Julia Child, really about her um, adventure and her journey on TV, right? It's not so much about her life. It's really about the TV series where we, most of us, that's where we know her from. The birthing of, of the French chef. Exactly, exactly. But um, you're a food stylist. Uh, I love that you call yourself the movie lady because you truly are. You did food styling for uh, Little Women, American Hustle, Black Mass, Labor Day. I mean, the list, it's a its a big old list. I just wrote down a few. Um, but again, you recently wrapped this HBO Max series. We're going to talk a lot about that. I first want to know, I mean, when I talked to you last, I think it was a year ago, this was all kind of still in the works, right? I think I had just gotten, uh, I think Little Women had been released. So we talked about it and I think it was a hush hush in the works. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I wanted to share with you, but I couldn't that um, a phone call had, had come my way um, with this exciting production. Um, so that happened in January and then um, we started shooting and then two days into shooting, we had to close down for, for uh, COVID. So That's right. like many, we were, we were super affected by it. But yeah, so that was, that was then. This is here. Here we are now. Here we and, are now. Um, out there in the universe. Um, you literally just wrapped this, right? Like a few weeks ago, right? Oh, no, this was in, uh, October. You so wrapped in October, it. but it just uh, launched. So yep. Just a few weeks ago. So the three, there was three episodes the first day of the, the release. And now it's on every Thursday at eight o'clock. And we are approaching, we're approaching episode five out of the eight episodes in the series. 
So uh, we're in the thick of it. I know you've watched. I know you've seen it, right? Okay. What do you think? I'm really proud of everyone's super hard work. And again, you know, I don't want to make this into a pandemic conversation, but, you know, I reflect back and forget like there was this like bump in the middle of our road um, and to have made this really beautiful piece of work um, in storytelling um, through all the hurdles is pretty remarkable mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm, I'm super excited about it uh, you should be take me back to when you got that email i'm always curious how folks like you incredibly talented and yes you are connected within this industry but how did the folks over at hbo max say she's our gal christine tobin and her team we want them how did that happen do you know <laughs> I, I just received a, a phone message from one of the local producers, Dorothy, and um, she told me about the pilot. At that point, it was just a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, before this job, I only had the help of you know, sometimes one person or sometimes two people on set, and that only happened recently with Little Women. So this was a full-on, full-fledged department that um, I, was, I was heading, and it just sort of wasn't designed that way. It was just sort of this natural happening within the, within the production team. So, um, so I, I received the call and I, I said, I would love to do it. And re- and I just remained on standby or on a hold until the dates came and the script came. And then once the shot, the pilot was um, wrapped, we were in a holding pattern again to see if the series was being picked up by HBO, which it was. And then it was a full on six month, um endeavor so we so that was last april into october Mm. i was on set but as far as to answer your question i'm the only person in in our local aitsi with the craft of food stylist um and i'm super proud of of it and um so i think you know that's partially the reason but also having worked on so many films here I think they knew that they could trust me to take care of Julia and everybody. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's your reputation, right? I mean, it's your reputation of hard work. Um, It goes back to the basics of being a professional and having that reputation and being a a great person to work with. But I'm not going to lie. I've always wanted to open my inbox and have that email, that email that's like, we want you. So, I mean, I'm just like, I mean, it, it, it makes my stomach kind of just like flip because I know that had to be incredibly exciting. No, I was sweating. I mean, (laughs) I was, I walked, I got off the phone and I was calm. I was calm. And then when I got the call, um, actually the text from the um, co-production designer, Stephen Cooper, saying, Hey, it's a, it's a go. Has anyone reached out to you because we'd like you to return? That's when I really, started putting on the 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 green light and mm-hmm. um got more excited than than nervous but no doubt it was in, there was a lot of i held a lot of responsibility and felt the pressure because we all know our culinary world um you know things were certainly put under a microscope so i just want to do things as true to to her um in executing her foods from her cookbook and all the and all the 
foods that are her favorite restaurants, but also really act as a support system for Sarah to when she's there orchestrating some of these um, action shots. So it's really, you know, being her her backup. Right. Um, and, but she did so beautifully. Oh, gosh. She's wonderful. It's, it's so good. I've seen the first few episodes and I just there's a couple I've, I've watched twice because they're just so good. So good. Have you seen it yet? Have I seen what? Number three yet. Episode yes. Three. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's one of my, my favorites. <laughs> Remind me, is number three the one where she holds the cooking class? Is that number three? Yeah. Uh-huh. So good. Yeah. It was so good. It was so much fun. And it was it was well planned and, and thought through with you know all all departments and the director who's Melanie Mayron and um, for that, because we had different um, directors for each episode, mm-hmm. so some some did some did too. But um, she was she was the director on that one. But yeah, a lot of moving parts in that one. So um, it's when all those moving parts happen and people start sweating, and we're just like, it's just food, everybody. Let's just bring down the temperature, and we got this. So and and it was great. Right. And, and to be so excited to work for. On the, sh- the, on the show with the focus on Julia Child, but also having um, watched so many of Sarah Lancashire's work through uh, the BBC network, like her as an actress, I'm like, oh, wow, she's awesome. And then to then be working with her throughout this whole thing, it's like, she's amazing. Mm, so That's incredible. Let's go back a little bit. I do want to talk about the series because I have a bazillion questions, um, way more than we both have time for. Uh, but you watched The French Chef actually growing up, right? Like, I mean, it, it was on in your house. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think I've interviewed, I mean, I've interviewed the guy, um, the executive director from the Julia Foundation, Julia Child Foundation, and they have a podcast and they ask everybody their their Julia moment. And I think even if you've never met her, I believe if you are a food nerd like we are, everybody has a Julia moment or a Julia connection, right? Because she just, she kind of pioneered so much for, especially for women. That was really your connection, right? I mean, you got, she was in your house, your your parents cooked her recipes. I mean, her cookbooks were there. That was your connection to her. Yeah. And they met her as well. And one of my prized possessions in the kitchen on set was one of her cookbooks signed um, because they had gone to a dinner that she was, she was hosting as a fundraiser down on the, on Cape Cod in Brewster. But um, no, I mean, she was, she was just, you know, it was, it was PBS first of all, was always on in my house. So, you know, we woke up to, you know, you go from Sesame street and yep. Mr. Rogers yes. and you get older and you're like, Oh, so what's this Bob Ross? painter man and then goes julia child right after so you know our weekends were you know that's when we would really be listening and watching her more but um no she was part of you know our weekly routine and you know i didn't realize it at the time but having watched you know bob ross played before julia and i would sit on the carpet and draw along with bob ross's instruction and then, you know, fast forward a little bit, like in home economics, I would, you know, you'd come home with the recipes that you made in class and I would sit in the kitchen making my family the macaroni and cheese or 
little French muffin things dipped in butter and cinnamon sugar. But I would mise en place and work through the recipe in my voice. Like she, she, I end up adopting her voice, you know, and pretending while staring straight ahead that I was her, you know, that I was performing the process of, of whatever it was that I was, you know, making or pretending to make it, you know, I was a kid. So it's, I'm one of many who grew up emulating her a bit. Mm -hmm. And then my path went into art. Um, and I think back then there wasn't really any, you know, men were cooks, not, women were not, you exactly. know, um, supported in the same way they are now to get into the culinary arts and understood it, it, it as an art form in itself. But um, so, but somehow we all, it was a, definitely a full circle um, moment for me working on this, for sure. And it, and it brought every single element of my past and my education and my restaurant work um, and my personal chef work and anything I've ever done sort of came shining through um, on the, you know, with the position that I had on this, on the show. That's so, got to feel so it good. It feels really good. I'm not going to lie. Cause you know, there's many times, especially someone who went to art school would be like, well, I guess I just blew, you know, still paying the student loans. And like, I guess I'm still making things. Right. Sort of. Yeah. But here I, I, there were moments that I it really, I tuned into myself and said, oh, this is exactly um, where I was meant to be right now. Hmm. Um, God, that, I mean, that's just, that's incredible. Congratulations just on that. I mean, that's. You. For sure. Thank you so much. I'm, I, that, that's when I pinched myself. It's not when the phone call came in. It's, it's those moments that I just feel really um, lucky that I'm able to do something that I really love to do. I bet. Um, Were you, this is super cheesy. Were you channeling her a little bit through this project? Oh, I think there were times I'd be like, what would Julia do? I was just going to ask yeah. you that. I was just going to say, did you say, what would Julia do right now? What would Julia do right now? Like everyone's hair is on fire, you know, because <laughs> in a way, the, 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 the prod, like my role in the show and my team's role, like it's really no different than the French chef. You know, you, you are prepping foods or you're preparing the set, you know, for set dressing of all, cause I was responsible to bring in all the foods that were on French chef or in her kitchen or whatnot and all the, all the background busy things. Um, and, you know, then the men, you know, the camera, you know, the, the, I, I don't want to call them cameramen, the camera team would show up, the mm -hmm. DP who happens to be a man. So like all these, my cast of characters were, very similar to Julia's cast of characters where, you know, I had to, you know, smack the DPs, you know, a little on the wrist for eating a cookie or grabbing a piece of cheese or something like there's always, it was very, it, it, it definitely was mirroring um, in certain regards, like what, what, what her set was like um, uh, all these, all those years ago. So mm -hmm. we, we had a lot of fun. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you did. Um, and I was, um, I've been keeping up with your social media platforms, especially on Instagram. So I've been seeing a little, a little bit here and there of, of what you've been up to. Um, paint me a picture of the set because the kitchen 
as I understand it, where you're working, your office has to be really close to the set, right? To because we're talking about food here. Yeah. So the so in this massive uh, warehouse, we were located in Avon, so not too far from here. Um, the the set that was uh, built with the specific specifications that I requested, which I was like just so thrilled that it, that even happened. Um, was set in the back of the warehouse and on sort of either side of me one to you know if you're facing the the length of the warehouse julia's house was on the right and her kitchen and wgbh was to the out the door to the left okay and then straight ahead was uh the french the henry the fourth so their favorite restaurant right so we right. centralized in between you know like kind of like um I want to say triangle, but yeah, we were the base of those three locations. And then when we did on location, location shoots, so um, the other restaurant scenes, we um, had access to the, to uh, through the back, we would load all of our foods to a mobile uh, culinary truck. So then we acted like almost like a commissary kitchen and bounce out, you know, out the back door on a, a truck. I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking. <laughs> They're super cute. <laughs> cute. Oh man. Um, do you mind if I pause really quickly? I have the door shut, but Not I just want to. Okay, one. Give me. Give me one second. I apologize about that. They just. No need. They're not even. They're like literally sitting out in the living room, just barking at the door for no reason. They just really desperately wanted to say hi to you. So that's that's what it is. <laughs> um, uh, one question I did have, and I think for for everybody listening, food stylist, when you're talking about your job specifically, all the food that we see in whatever movie that that maybe you've been a part of, or especially like this series, since that's what we're talking about today, all the food that the actors are eating, all the food that Julia is preparing in her kitchen or in the studio, that's that's you and your team, right? You've done that. Yes. 100%. Yes. You've, you've made it. You've baked it. You've sauteed it. You've butchered it right i mean that this is all you and your team yeah we, you know it starts with the scripts and breaking it apart researching from my kitchen i from the start before the you know in the in the meantime when the set was being built testing all the recipes photographing each dish so because in julia's cookbooks you don't see an image you might have a little sketch and it's mostly in the process illustration right um or uh, videotaping, uh, you know, an iPhone uh, video of some sort of action that was scripted. This way, you know, I, I was immediately able to send things out so people can understand how this food was to behave, or what that end res- that beauty would look like. And then, you know, once we we're in the kitchen, we just sort of did it again. And and you know, some of those bigger scenes with very temperamental foods like the souffle. Um, I more that's like the big, you know, that's like the most difficult thing to put on camera. We're just gasping for air, you know, <laughs> hoping that that, and it worked out great. But you know, we had that we had that space and time to um, really work on the the beats of of um, that scene. So you know, every time they were to say, "All right, go action," there's a fresh souffle there. So yeah, everything was wow. was. Uh, really well thought out, researched, discussed, and um, executed and babysat, and then enjoyed because we had 
um, such a wonderful uh, program through one of the PAs, she was a production PA and then turned into her special positions as being in charge of, uh, you know, recent, you know, um, keeping us a uh, green set. So we had compost and recycling. We had a communal refrigerator so cast and crew can enjoy some of these foods that we had so much of at the end of each day. So um, yeah, the food played a, a big part. Oh, and, you know, yeah. Each day. People love you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're back there cooking for, I mean, this is your job. And then there's leftover souffles or Cocovan or whatever, and they're just like, "Yep, taking this home." Thanks, Christine. Again, it was very much like how you, you know, again, it's art imitating light. You know, each as you walk in, I'm like, "All right, so who wants this?" Just like how mm. Julie walks in with a plate of petty for. I mean, the spirit of Julie's spirit was definitely felt throughout the whole set each day. You know, just the way we all work together, and and Sarah being wonderful, and David and Bibi, like mm-hmm. it was just a really wonderful time and, and food does play a part you know it's more about them but it does bring it's just proof that food brings so much joy and happiness no matter where you are but you know it does have a place in, in storytelling yeah especially this, this piece in particular and how everybody wants to be in the kitchen everybody we had an open door policy did you so people, yeah yes for sure i mean it was it was a little difficult at first because of COVID and, you know, what they had very strict um, sort of protocols for us as a crew who can be on set and all that. But once things, you know, especially over the summer sort of quieted down a little bit. um, Oh, yeah, we had people just perched like birds, you know, inside and like, what are you doing? And also one of the things that I was so happy they agreed to is I, I wanted windows in the kitchen so we could see out and see, you know, the red lights when they're shooting, you know, when they're on, when they're rolling, that there's like a red beacon light from pillar to pillar. Right. So I can, so I can understand what was happening outside the kitchen, but really it turned into like this little light box. So people on the outside could always look in and tap on the windows and see what we were, we were up to, you know, or pull pranks and do the whole, like I'm disappearing act or nice. I don't know. It was, so, well, and that's your, great. that's your connection, right? So it's not, it, it, it's not so separate. You're not in this completely different building where no one sees you. You're right there next to the actors, next to the directors, next to the camera people. So it's all about connection and you were all connected throughout the entire thing. Sounds like. Yes, very much so. And it, it, it we all worked very well together. And, and I think systematically, like my a role of food stylist is to work under property and you're sort of, you know, have this person, the prop master, be sort of the middleman between you and the director, you and the actor. In this case, having full access to all the people that I needed access to to do my job was just, um, just welcomed, you know. And I, I don't think I could ever work differently again, no matter what the project is, because it's just super helpful mm-hmm. and it's rewarding and it's just. Um, I, I like to call it. I was I was brought in the stew. You know, I was brought into with all the all the other bigger thinkers as to how the show was to be made. So that was I learned a lot, and um, I appreciate that availability. That's amazing. Everybody in the pot, 
Um, I know from interviewing you in the past, um, you're a little different when it comes to food styling because of your philosophy. The food has to be, has to be edible no matter what. There, there's nothing funky going in your food to make it look prettier, to make, to make the souffle not sink, right? I mean, it's real deal. It's the real deal. Although there's one special ingredient that's a delicious, edible, spreadable ingredient that we did put into the souffle, her souffle, just so it can stabilize and not sink right away. Eventually okay. it did sink. What? I'm not, I'm not ready to give up the secret. <laughs> anyway, I love that. I could tell you, um, Trish, but, but I would have to kill you. No, I love that. No, there, it was just a couple, there was that, that, that is one time and we had to do it. I mean, we tested that recipe over and over and over again. And it's just the one thing like we, we just have to do, we even tried um, Susan Spunkin's uh, pot to shoe because in Julie, Julie, she had a pot to shoe um, dough instead of a souffle. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's able, it could stay there for days. And because it was scripted that Julie was to go in with a spoon, it had to be a real souffle. Right. So, a pot of shoe dough is like a, like a cream puff kind of dough, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But like, yeah, it's just like this, this wet dough that just puffs and gets mm -hmm. all airy and bulbous. So, which is brilliant, but it, it couldn't work for us because, um, the spoon had to go in it and honestly from nuts to bolts like everything was her recipe i was gonna the ask chicken you the croutons like everything mm -hmm. honestly it's because i was so scared <laughs> to do anything else um and i just wanted to be as authentic i, I had the power to be authentically her does that make sense like no one was asking me to change things no one was asking or expecting me to make something up. Like I, I was there to, to prepare her food and why, why stream away from that when it's, I just felt it was my responsibility and due diligence to, to do her right. You know? Um, I agree. So that, and there's a couple of drops of a uh, gel food coloring in the raspberry mousse. And that was just to enhance the raspberries because we use fresh raspberries and they don't, they don't have the same color. So for the camera, said just a couple of teensy, teensy drops. You're forgiven. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're forgiven. No, I I'm agree. an open book. I'm an open book. <laughs> you know? um, I do agree though, to be anything less than authentically Julia. I mean, it's a show about Julia Child. So you could have easily, I don't want to say cheated, but you could have easily cheated with, you know, the beef portion on or something and, and added different ingredients to make it easier. Cause I've, I've tried, I've attempted her recipe for beef portion on. Oh my God. It's yeah. wow. Wow. So you could have easily, you could have easily cut corners, but that, that wouldn't have been authentic. Like you said. Yeah. We were, we were given the opportunity to be, that's how I looked at it. Like I'm, I'm given this opportunity to be here and represent and we were given all the equipment, the space, we were given everything that was needed to execute her recipe. So to show up and not deliver on that is, I just felt that I, I would just feel really dirty about Icky. it. You know, I, you know, just, that's just not, mm. yeah, totally icky. <laughs> Super icky. Yeah. Well, I think that's, um, that just 
shows how incredibly successful you are. Um, speaking of the souffle, I think I read you guys made a ridiculous amount of souffles. We made a lot of souffles. <laughs> I mean, also because we were also testing it so often mm-hmm. um, just to get it right. And also, you know, and what was great was, you know, Chris Kaiser was there. Daniel Goldfarb was on set every day. So anything that we were testing, especially to Daniel, because he was, he was so enthusiastic about the foods, but especially the sweets and anything chocolate. So we, you know, we go up to him and say, so this is, this is this turn. And yeah, no, I I can't, I just, I, I've been asked so many times about how many pounds of butter and how many eggs and other ingredients we used on the show. And I wish that we kept a tally, but honestly, we're just so busy. I knew, I do know that the raspberry mousse, so just to put this in perspective, um, and it's because twice I had to have someone go back and get more eggs um, and more raspberries. We went through 750 eggs for that one because it was the hottest day of summer and the air conditioning in the building was like malfunctioning, like just for a couple hours, just enough of the day that it just made everything sink or separate. So we were just constantly making raspberry mousse and fresh whipped cream over and over and over and over again. So for one, for one, (laughs) completely bananas, 750 (laughs) eggs. I mean, then, yeah. So let's just, it's safe to say you guys went through a buttload of eggs and a buttload of butter period. And onions. And she loved cooking with onions. <laughs> yeah. Lots onions, of onions. Onions, onions and everything. A uh, random question. Do you cry when you cut onions? Oh yeah. Me too. Like every time, every time, like bawling, like snot, tears no. every time. Nothing. More, I put my glasses on and they don't work. It doesn't matter. Maybe if I had goggles on, but no, no. And they have like, the trick is, is you can't go, you're supposed to just stay right at the paper of the onion. If you go that extra wet layer, you know, that, that there's like membrane between the, the paper and the onion itself. It's when you remove that, that's where all the, I could be wrong. If there's like some scientists out there that say, Christine Tobin, you are wrong, but that's just my myth. So I try not to break that mem. Like there's some membrane thing that just I just try to avoid, and it never works. I mean, I've done onions in the fridge. I've done the breathe through your nose only. Um, I, I've done all of it, and it does not matter. It just doesn't matter. I mean, tears rolling down my cheeks every single time. Um, <laughs> we were all standing around crying, you know, around the table. Again, like art, art imitates life, you know. We were all just like Avis and, and Alice uh, in their scene. They're just sitting around crying. <laughs> Perfect. That's brilliant. Um, what other challenges? I know you said the souffle was kind of a, was a rough day, but overall, um, and I'm sure maybe the pandemic probably played a role, COVID played a role, but um, any major challenges that stick out to you from this particular project? Um, I mean, I think just COVID was number one for sure um you know i was though i was oh wait and i want to say about the souffle i would say it was challenging i want to i want to make sure that i'm not misunderstood with your listeners it was challenging but the key is is that we were so well oiled as a machine to get everything right and what was the best part is 
I kept in my back pocket, like all the times that the camera doesn't wait for people, like you're done. Like you have to be ready all the time. I always am. The food is always ready. But for this one this one scene, I was like, okay, guys, you need to, I'm going to take out my chips and say this, you have to understand the beat of this food and how it reacts to just sitting there. And we would just sit all staring at it with a timer on. I'm like, so see, like it starts thinking. Um, so for those people who are maybe interested in doing this for a wacky reason <laughs> on set, just make sure you you're always prepared, always prepared, always do your research and it always works out. If the souffle can work out on camera, like you could basically do anything after that. Sounds like it. Um, but as far as other challenges, I think we, ha again, we had the availability of, of a space and equipment and manpower that I, everything was always sort of um, just executed smoothly. And I just think that COVID really just put a huge damper in, um, in how many people were allowed on set. Like I would be the only person. So just communicating, you know, although the kitchen was right there, I had to find, you know, on my, my cell phone, you know, trying to get, or the walkie trying to get in touch with my team if I needed something. So you had to go through all these hoops and ladders mm -hmm. just, um, to get the simplest thing done at times, but hopefully that'll change. Yeah. Well, well, gosh, yes. Let's hope that'll change. Were you also supporting, you know, any of the actors who were handling all of this food specifically the actor playing Julia, of course, but w was there ever any guidance from you? Like mm, do it this way or no, mm -hmm. do, do it this way. So talk to me about that. Uh, well, Sarah's just a natural. So she, we would just talk about, um, we like, we'll touch with each other before each scene that she had to handle food. Um, and usually it wasn't a day or anything before it was moments before sh they began shooting and that we would just sort of do like, almost like choreographing a dance, you know, she would just sort of vocal, you know, work through her lines and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this, Christina, I'm going to turn around and do this, Christina, is this okay? Like, is this, is this correct? And then you know, we would work together in that, in that way, um, and communicate that in that way. As far as the other actors go, um, David Hyde Pierce for the, I think it's episode six, French Bread. He went home, he came in on, I think we started shooting the scene on a Monday. We had to have, because he, he was saying his husband and he were baking bread all weekend so he can best understand the process and he was just so excited oh he's just a dear human being um he was just so excited for this scene in particular because they were practicing mm -hmm. so you know for those scenes you know some things were actually scripted but others were just like on that moment like um happy mistakes or them meeting in action and and them saying christine what would what would be naturally something for him to do or for her to do so and then i would just see you know here, hold this, right? You know, uh, rolling pin or something. You know, the 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 cooking scene that was a big one because each person had to have something to do as an action. So, you know, I worked with everyone on that uh, individually, but it's surprisingly so fast and it's like whiplash. You know, each <laughs> I bet. scene. It, 
it really, I, I'm like <laughs> trying to articulate and it, I do, I keep saying we get better and better articulating what it, what it looks like and feels like in these moments, but it's really hard to, because it just goes by so quickly. And, um, well, and I'm sure you're so in the moment, right? You can't really be focused on anything else. You, you can't really be sitting there going, okay, how, how does this feel for me right now? What am I observing in all of this? You're so focused and in the moment you have to be. So I'm sure everything else is just like blurry. I can, I only can compare it or, or, or in relation to when I'm waiting on tables or when I, when I would work in restaurants and when you're in the weeds, but your weeds, like you're totally calm and you're collected and you have a million things going on around you, mm-hmm. but yet I find my greatest focus in those moments. And that's why it doesn't, like though they sound hairier. I mean, I think anyone on the outside would be like, that looked really crazy, but I find it to me the most calming, Yeah, believe it or not. So, and then that's when I just say, just take this and do this and take this and do that, but yeah, that's actually a really good analogy um, because I've been there where you're just when you're in the weeds and you're a server and you're just it's there is no time to think there's no time to reflect you're just like go 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 get it done yeah. We also have a, a you're in a room full of people, and especially those like the ads the sec you know the first mm-hmm. ad you know the the director will pop in right at the moment that that they start shooting, but it's usually like the ADs with their walkies and they're like, Christine, you know, time. But it goes, and I'm so fast, you know? <laughs> so you just have this other pressure of like, you don't want someone saying you're, they're waiting, you, they, you do not ever want someone to say they're waiting on you. No. Oh gosh. Never. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, that would be the worst. Yeah, the the thing that comes to mind, the scene that comes to mind is when um, it's that first, maybe it's the first time Julia's, in studio and she's making coca van and the knife's not sharp enough and she just mm-hmm. like breaks like breaks the chicken bone and chicken goes flying i mean when i saw that i thought of you instantly i was like well i was standing on the other side of her while she was working that out it's like what there needed to be a gag and because it, it was scripted the chicken goes and so she's like so which part of this bird would be the easiest for her to pull Mm-hmm. And I would just stand there. And so she, honestly, she was just methodically just touching the bird and holding the knife. And she's like, I think I'm going to do this. What do you think? I go, okay, so I'm going to do this. And then she's like, okay, that's going to work. And then she looks at me and I say, I think you just did it. Okay. Just stick with that. And then Charles McDougall, the director would come. And then mm-hmm. we, I would allow, you know, I never would overstep her and her words, but you know, we just worked we had very good chemistry and um, I just followed her read really because that that's my job. I, I wasn't Amazing. there to tell anyone what to do. Well, and too, just thinking about how, you know, you and your background, how you're sort of guiding the actors. Julia had her own style of cooking, like as most chefs do, right? They stir things different ways. They crack the pepper in a certain way, but she definitely had her own style when it comes to the kitchen. And the first thing that comes to my mind and correct me if I'm wrong was just kind of like, just chill, like just super laid back and chill. Nothing was very, it didn't seem, nothing was super urgent. No, she just, and but also kind of clumsily. 
Is yeah. that even a word? Clumsily. It is oh. now. It is. <laughs> yeah, just she's just there enjoying herself, mm-hmm. you know, um, and talking to us as she was, you know, if there was a, a friend in front of her or somebody or the or the wall in front of her, like I was or a window, whatever, you know, just. You know, it was there was no like tricks or um, always just like happy accidents with Julia. And I think that did add a breath of relief for me as a, as a stylist because I'm like, so nothing has to be perfect except for the souffle. So, um, but this, you know, it's her food's just like naturally just rustic, beautiful, fresh foods. And, you know, here in, in, in Boston, we were filming in the summertime into fall. So, I have my farm right down the street in Brookline, Allendale Farm. So I would go there to get the tomatoes and lettuces and, and French radishes and herbs and such. Like, so I had access to all these things just to flush out, you know, what and how beautiful food is. And no, really no different than the food that she was, you know, curating from her various markets and worked closely with Ronnie Savinor, who is the butcher in Cambridge that was, her butcher, his right. father was, um, so, you know, definitely spreading, spreading her spirit locally to just, you know, with local businesses and, and purveyors and such. So it was, it was fun. It seems, to embrace that, you know? yeah, it seems within this project, a lot of things have come full circle. That's what it seems like. Is that accurate? Oh, for sure. Okay. Very accurate. And I, I maybe at some point I'll have a better, you know, with, I have some time off right now, a few weeks that I, I really hope something, co- I have my aha moment. I'm like, oh, that just like, and I can write it down and, and be able to articulate it because it is such an unusual, cra- you know, what I do is an unusual profession or a craft, but in this particular project and just like the level of responsibility I felt and closeness I felt like how to best um formulate words and not always come out with jazz hands and be like it was great everybody this is amazing <laughs> jazz hands are perfectly perfectly acceptable <laughs> again I think um I think you've been articulating it beautiful uh beautifully honestly but it's just it sounds like it was one of those projects that it was so magnificent you're still even after all this time, you're still kind of going like, what, what just happened to me? Yeah, totally. Always just what, what just happened. Yeah. And I had to pull out the, the scripts recently. Um, and her cookbooks where I have like, you know, every few pages, there's a uh, post-it note, you know, for when I for each recipe, which I'll never remove from the books, but you know, I'm like, wow, like, and, and, and you don't even see, how, you know, there's so much food in the series, but a lot of it you don't even end up seeing. So all the food for background mm-hmm. um, diners and such, like there was, there was a lot going on each day. Um, and while we were just out celebrating uh, a couple of Sundays ago, my team, we were throwing a little soiree and um, it was nice to see everyone relaxed because <laughs> we <laughs> We've been just on the go and just recovering a bit. 
Um, I'm sure because it is such a, it's no different than a restaurant or a catering company. Like we were operating at full speed, you know, culinary and it, it's it, labor. It's a laborsome job. Well, for, for cooks, chefs out there, I mean, cooking is work. It is, it is labor intensive. It can be, you're on your feet, you're bent over a counter, you're using your entire body to do whatever. So yeah, it is very labor intensive. Yeah, that's why I say when people ask see more frequently since, uh, I shouldn't say frequently, but from time to time since, you know, I've been out there a bit since little women and people are you know, are interested in reaching out and, and young people and who I encourage, of course, and, and love having conversations with like, what I love to do what you do, like, how do I get into it? And it's really hard to explain because it just was by chance, really. But if, the only thing I can ever come up with and, and just be totally solid with is you have to have restaurant experience, you know, both front of the house and back of the house, because it really is no different. It's just like different moving parts, but you know, it's every day. It's like you're on working the line of a restaurant, and like a tour bus shows up suddenly, and you're like, "I gotta get all this food out now." So like that's oh, and like man. it's all it's all it's it's for like those people who are adrenaline junkies, you know that mm -hmm. that love the speed of it um, and the high of it because it is a full energy, and anyone and people seem me and my team work and they're just like yikes oh i bet i bet i mean you're just arms are flying people no we're actually we're like i can't i like to tell people we come in like destiny's child you're like we come in like fans blowing in our hair and we're just like on <laughs> you always get me sure you get me very silly um Yes, <laughs> but that's what I like to tell people. So every day that we have a, um, a big scene, I always send that emoji of like Destiny's Child, like uh -huh. doing like the wiggle that fan uh -huh. in their head. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and nobody's ready for this jelly, not to to. <laughs> and a little reference to Destiny's Child. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I want I want to see you and your team just kind of like a, a stance, a pose when like hair blowing and I love it. You, there's something on my Instagram that I, I, I filmed one of our last, it was during, um, it was during Lutece, a French restaurant in New York. And that was a, that was a big scene as well. A big pastry scene, but beautiful food. And I take, they all dress like me as one of the last days of us shooting. So they all, cause I wear like the same thing every day on set. And, uh, they all dress like me. So they did like a catwalk in the mobile truck. I'll send it to you, but it's on my Instagram. I love so they that. have, the, they got, they got their time to shine. We're going to, we'll do more of it though. Beautiful. Perfect. Um, I was going to ask you because you said you worked in restaurants. There's a huge difference in making food look pretty on a plate for someone to eat it versus making food look pretty for the camera. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. Which I do, I do it. So if there's like a, um, like they call them inserts. So when the food isn't under a camera, so there's beauty, but then what you have to do, if, if someone's taking a bite of it, you need to have that same exact plate. So you, you take a photo of the plate that you dressed or, you know, design, whatever styled and, um, 
hopefully there's a copy machine near you and then you can get that. And then you have to replicate that same dish over like 20 plus times. Hmm. So at at any given, so, you know, each bite that they take, you have to make the same dish, but then with that one bite removed or, you know, whatever the situation is. Yeah. God, that sounds, oh, that kind of just gave me a headache. Yeah. It's all continuity. So then it just tweaks into that whole like OCD brain that I have from time to time. And then it comes into art making, you know, then just, just every, like all the different brains get sort of, um, you know, get their, their, their pump going. Yeah. Their moment, their moment in the sun. I was going to ask you about your post-its. How many post-its are in front of you right now? Actually I have none. No, I have one. Okay. Oh, wait, from last time? No, I, well, I posted in this cookbook. I don't have any actual posters. The last time we talked, okay. I had my posters <laughs> with my pen. No, I came in you with were, a cup of tea. You were, um, and I encourage everybody, uh, Christine and I first chatted last year, episode 128 again, and we had such a good time. We just, I, I feel, we connected instantly. Yeah. But the whole interview, she's got a pen in her hand and there were post-its everywhere. And so I just love that because that's how my brain works too. That kind of oh yeah, me. because my my guy is a PR gentleman, and he told me to t- think because you were my only second podcast I've ever done ever. Thank you very and much. He was doing, yeah, thank you very much because <laughs> it's so much fun talking to you. But he's like, just think think of some key points that you want to make, which I don't even think I got to because we were, I don't even remember what they were. Like, or we did get to them, and I was just mm-hmm. more confident. I had in front of me all the, all the post-it notes. We had fun. We had fun for sure. Um, I do briefly, cause I've talked to, um, a few people have said, who's going to be on your podcast next? And I said, Christine Tobin, look her up on, on social media. She's amazing. She's a food stylist. What is that? Well, for movies, for instance, all the food you see, like that's her, she's cooked it. She's baked it. You know, she and her team. Um, but yeah, that's what, and everybody says, I never even thought of food stylists mm. as a thing. That's a thing. So I think it's gaining popularity, mm-hmm. don't you? Because we are more now seeing shows and movies that are all about food and we're addicted to them. And there's someone like yourself on on these productions making all of this happen. So I, f- I feel like your your job, your occupation is starting to have a light on it more. I, I think so. I hope so. And I, I mean, I feel just from what has transpired since the release of Julia and the, and the interest that's come my way, I'm a quiet little mouse, Trish. I like, I like to stay under radars. And I know. I'm very quiet. I know this about you. Media, the social media thing is like a dead giveaway of like how, but I feel like um, it's not, it's not necessarily me, but I feel like the craft of food styling on film, like, like we've just been like blown out of a rocket ship, you know, like we, so, and I feel very um, protect, not protective over it because I want to be transparent as to what the job entails. Mm -hmm. Um, But really celebrate the craft because it's not only something I love to do, but like it is a really big part in storytelling and, you know, there needs to be, maybe a term like a culinary storyteller. I don't know if that even exists, but like when you're seeing a set, no matter if it's a sandwich, there's a reason why food is there. 
even if they're peeling an egg or something, there's a reason that that it's part of the character, part of the narrative, something that that there's food there. And we all pay attention to food. We all need food. We all love food. Mm -hmm. Even those of us that might hate food or have issues with food. You know, it, it is a powerful tool in storytelling. So I really hope to as a food stylist and especially after, you know, from this moment on, like just really elevate the craft and its importance because sometimes, you know, I've been shooed, you know, okay, food lady, you know, boop, boop, you know, we don't need you in the room. I'm like, oh, I guess that this is, this is early on. I'm just saying early on. Right. Um, just mean there's a reason why there's people, everyone has a, a, has a purpose on set from the electrician to the gaffer to the special effects for sure smoke and for food stylists to bring food in should not be any differently cared for than a car crash or a love scene or uh animal you know baby scene whatever right you know uh, it's not there's all sorts of moving parts to it and it is the most temperamental actor um you can have on set so having someone skilled to take care of that actor um would be in everyone's best interest. Well, and I've always been of the school of thought that um, I'm not the expert on everything. So if I have someone like yourself, I'm 1000% going to say, what do you think we should do? What do you think it should look like? Because I certainly don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. So um, I would absolutely look to you when it comes to all things food. And culinary storyteller, if that's a job, can I have it? I want that. <laughs> Well, you are. You are definitely a, a culinary storyteller for okay. sure. I'm going to add that to my resume. Culinary storyteller says. Oh, I really Tobin. think that you should. No, for sure. That's I'm great. Not just saying, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, All right. Done. Don't you feel? Don't you feel like? Yeah, you are a culinary. Like this is like there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing now is because you like sharing stories of culinarians, but also you have your own culinary story. Yeah. And that we all do. And but, I love, yeah. I love pulling out all your secrets. This is great. Oh, I can't believe it. Just, it makes uh, me happy. It makes me my, happy. My allergy medicine made me do it. <laughs> I'm not responsible for any stories that I've said on this podcast. <laughs> did you, um, did you ever think you were, you would get an opportunity to work on a project like this, like Julia? No, never. I never thought I'd be talking to you talking about Julia. Like I don't, I, none of this. So, or my job for that matter, you know, um, that's another thing to, you know, I'm thinking about like, how did this like, who would have thought, you know? And then I, I do, I am someone that always thinks like there's some, something happens for a reason all the time. And I do believe when there's, you know, a door closes, something else opens, but, I will tell you this, and I haven't shared it because you're bringing out the kooky in me. The Christmas before I got the phone call, my guy gave me a Julia Child mug, which I thought was odd because I'm. It's not like I go around, you know, Julia, 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 or cook her recipes at time all the time. Julia, Julia. And I was like, interesting. And then just like two weeks later, the phone rang for Stop. Julia. No, see, I believe in these things. I me know too. I'm telling you this because I know that you do too. Okay. If I wasn't wired up to you, I would go right now and get the mug. It's like, you know, with the little emblem and she's. I mean, if you want to take a second and go get it, I would love to see it. Seriously, please do. 
This is why I love I love podcasting so much. This is the best. Yeah, there's a kitchen shop where he lives, this lovely boutique kitchen shop. And so he he got me you see it? Oh my gosh. So out of nowhere, yeah, okay. he gets you this mug. Oh wait, what's on the back? So uh it's Julia Child. Julia Child was an American chef, author, and television personality who is recognized for bringing French cuisine to the American public with her famous cookbook and television programs. Her fearless voice allowed her to succeed in fields dominated by men at the time. A woman ahead of her time, Julie became a source of inspiration and empowerment to other women. In parentheses, let, life itself is the proper binge. Man. Well, I'm sure there were other mugs with other chefs or other iconic people, but yeah. So that was someone telling me, you're going to get a phone call. So lesson is always just put all your feelers out there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no matter what you do in life. I so agree. Put it out the universe and then things will bounce back. I so agree. Put it all out there. It may not come when you want it to necessarily, but it's going to come when it's the right time for you, I think. But I am mm-hmm. so into all of that. And that was life itself is the proper binge. Is that what she yeah, said? Is that backwards? Nope, that's screen? perfect. Gosh, she yeah, was just just such oh. an amazing, an amazing human. That's a great, that's a great quote. I'm gonna definitely gonna use that. Um, but I do believe that yes, things happen to you, um, and things come at you in this universe for a reason. And I love that you got a mug, really out of nowhere, and then boom, phone call. It, it literally, it did happen just like that. That's so, that's so amazing. And I'm only sharing that with you because I'm like, other people, I don't know. Then I, I'll just go really on a tangent and I should probably just not bring up the whole mug and like there's <laughs> people, you know, angel, you know, but I believe in it. Christine, this is a safe place. <laughs> I, I really, you are a safe place. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> um, we're going to wrap up, but I had a couple quick questions for you. Um, a lot of people can see your work on the daily because you are the food stylist for Milk Street. Mm-hmm. So like online, that's actually where I saw your name. And then I went down that rabbit hole of like, who is this person? And I have to talk to her. Um, does does Milk Street like, I mean, how cool are they when you have these projects and you're like, I'll be back in a few months? They're very, very accommodating. For sure. And, and things always work out with their schedule. So like I just wrapped a, a big cookbook with them. We did a pantry cookbook. Um, so I, after we wrapped Julia, I had a week off and then I went right back to Milk Street. So my, my, and just for like the last couple of years, and I'm so blessed to be saying that because a lot of people during the pandemic have been struggling with work. And so mm-hmm. I feel very lucky um, to have had these experiences, but you know, I just, you know, from the, everything just sort of fits in. Um, I just miss of all the six years I've missed one cookbook. And while I was on Julia, wow. one project. Wow. That's but incredible. They, they won't, you know, I do I definitely do not expect them to, to hold anything up, up for me. Just, I appreciate the flexibility and understanding that as a freelancer period that, but this is a big part, you know, both, both places are big parts of, how I, how I like to work. I like as gritty and uh, chaotic as film work is, there's something to be said about the stationary work at Milk Street and just really celebrating 
all these global foods and flavors and just sort of play around, you know, different, you know, with the same artistic eye, but just different, you know, and just very quiet. I mean, there's just three of us. You know, yeah, no, that's incredible. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to pause one more time and tell my dogs to shut up. I'm so sorry. They're just little puppies. They're big dogs. They're one's a, one is a, one's an Italian Mastiff. That's the big bark you hear. And the other's a, he's a cross between a, a pit and a jackrabbit, I think. I mean, just like, he has like this asthmatic bark, super annoying. Um, no, that is incredible that you have an employer like, like Milk Street that supports all of these projects that you're doing. Um, it's that, that's absolutely incredible. What's next for you? Hmm. you can take it easy for a while. I, 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 on a serious note, really thinking about how this all happened has made me think of my own culinary story and, um, the path and that what food means to me. Um, and what food making means to me. Um, so I've been putting my own pen to paper and I would love to find ways to do more culinary storytelling. And I think my wheelhouse is definitely visually. So, you know, with, with film work or something. So, I'm, and I wanna now push this experience into a place for me as an artist and a food maker that um, is more personal. Does that make sense? Yeah. I smell a book. I don't, I don't know if I'm a book writer. I don't, I don't know, but I'm definitely just feeling a natural. Um, I just, I just am in a place that feels really natural to sit and actually write things down mm -hmm. and see where those things lead. Um, and then I, ha you know, I have Milk Street in the future. I mean, there are things happening in the future and we are waiting to see if we have the green light for a season two. So, you know, I say I have a few weeks off, which is a, a gift, but that the phone will probably ring as soon as we get off the phone and it could be anything. So, Let's and I always so. say, yeah, yeah, but it's nice being home with the kids and, and, um, you know, all those all those moments, like I straightened my daughter's hair this morning before school, and that felt really good. So all those moments um, are just as important as, you know, if the not, jazz hand. If not more yeah. important, right? Those are, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm lucky that they're as good kids as they are to, uh, without their support, and um, to go out and, you know, do the job is a is for any 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 parent you know to have that ability is is um worth celebrating every day mm -hmm. so that's what i've been doing well i would say this is just my two cents but i would say um first of all you're incredibly careful with your words uh it's it's actually i think a gift because a lot of people just usually say whatever comes to mind but it's like vomit of the mouth and you don't do that you tend to really search for the exact word that you want to use in the moment so i do think you would be an excellent writer and then you could add that with all of these beautiful pictures of of food so now you have this like beautiful artsy book which is just that would be you 
I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there in the universe. Yeah. Well, I just think food, food evokes emotion. And I was just thinking of all these food moments in my life that mm-hmm. I could see, you know, I, I witnessed because I was there physically and there's visuals connected to that. Exactly. So then, so then just wrapping my, just wrapping my head around it. And I just think there's always just throwing things out into the universe. Exactly. The worst possible thing, you know, just keep wrapping, keep wrapping your head around it. Just keep, just keep wrapping. Just keep doing that. And I I turned 50 this past uh, new Year's, So I, you know, so, so again, similar to, and I look at Julia's story and I'm staying there, you know, hearing the words out of Sarah's mouth, you know, as Julia child and Paul's, you know, David to her. I'm like, this is like life like today, like now, totally. like time. Is- so yeah, again, it's like a wild, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a wild uh, existence. First of all, you look, you look amazing for 50, first of all. Um, but also I, I am right there with you because I, I completely changed careers. I, I ended, you know, this, this almost more than 19 years in the news biz, right at 41, I'm 42 now. And I just look back, Julia was really, really kicking it into high gear, like right now, Mm -hmm, like at mm -hmm. that age. So I just, I, I hold on to that because it's like, as you just said, it's happening right now. Like right it's in front of right us. Me and you right now. It's right happening. Now. It's happening. Yeah. Me and you. She, she was she was 50 when the French chef, you know, that's and why not? I just said that the other day. Someone said, Why are you I said, Why not? I just said that the other day. Yeah, if you don't need a reason why, just why not? We do we do not need a reason. No. That's why we why not? Exactly. Um well, it's really, it's really good to see you and catch up. And I um, was I so excited to all the news that I was hearing about Julia in the series. I just kept thinking about you and really wanted just to connect and, and hear from you how it went. Because let's be real, the actors on the series are phenomenal, but the real star of the show is the food. Yeah. I, just saying. Well, the, that's very nice of you to say. But food does play a big part. And even in, if there's not even food around, you know, even when they're in the office space with uh, Fran, like it's still part of the dialogue. Like food is a, co- a constant, you know, uh, mention and thread to, to, to everything. And it is, it is in my life. And it's probably, I wake up thinking about what I'm making for dinner. We're always talking about food. Always. What is for dinner? You know what? I was in uh, Rhode Island yesterday, so I went to Federal Hill, which is the Italian section. I bought some beautiful, fresh sausages that had fennel in it. So I'm going to do something with those tonight. That sounds amazing. The kids have been asking for scalloped potatoes. Uh, I was going to say potatoes. Sausages and like potatoes. That's that's my go-to right there. Scalloped potatoes. I'm going to do, yeah, something, something easy, something simple, and just be present. Perfect. What do you make it for dinner? Yeah, you're always cooking. I am always cooking. Um, today actually may be a leftover day. I made halibut yesterday, like a pan seared halibut with a crispy prosciutto on top, a little yeah. sauteed spinach, like a shallot butter 
sauce with some parsley. It was it was really good. So I have a little bit of that left over. I may just like munch that and not cook tonight. Take the night off. I haven't decided yet, though. I bet you're going to be taken out on a date. <laughs> Someone like a lady friend, your husband, they're going to be like, it's time to go out. We Let's need go it. out. Because we know. Well, here in Boston, we can. I think probably where you are, you can. We can too. It's been really nice, actually. Uh, we had a beautiful dinner at a at a brand new spot um, on Sunday. It's called Bar Juliette, uh, kind of like a, a French inspired uh, place in in downtown Ashland. And the food was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And it just felt so good to uh, be there with other people, having a glass mm-hmm. of wine and eating some amazing food. It was um, it was amazing. It's theater. You're, you're right back in theater. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, it's been beautiful to catch up with you again, Christine Tobin, food stylist, movie lady. She's a food stylist to the stars. That's what I call her. Um, but just, just recently wrapped, um, food styling for the HBO max series, Julia. And I've been watching and it's incredible. And the food looks amazing. So congratulations to all of your success. I'm just so happy for you. Thank you very much, Trish. And it's super always nice to see you and talk to you because you're just so easy to talk to. So thank Mm -hmm. you. Well, that makes me happy. And I hate to say it, but we're like, we're connected forever just because. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) And listen, if we were in the same state, even if we were just a state away, I'm sure we would have met in person. So we'll just make that happen sometime Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, I'll find my way. I'll find my way out there and we'll, we'll cook and eat together. And drink. And drink. (laughs) You've been listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma with me, Trish Glose. You can watch this podcast and subscribe on my YouTube channel. Just search Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma. You can also listen and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.